Hello and welcome to Book Lovers Companion. My name is Edith and right next to me is my lovely co-host, The Chattering Teacup. Hello. And here with us, returning guest, crime fiction author Cassie Rush, also known as Caroline Goldsworthy. Hello and welcome back. Hi guys and thanks so much for having me back on the show. It's our delight to have you back on our show because it's <laughs> been a while since you were on our show. I looked it up, it was it in was. May 2020. Right, so just before, well, yes, we were in the thick of COVID at that mm. time, weren't we? And I was writing my lockdown novel. Yes, and a lot has happened since then. You've been mm -hmm. quite busy. Oh, yes, not just writing, but recently also with events because we met in person. Was, Briefly. Uh, yeah, it was a pleasure seeing you at Crime Fest. Yes, yeah, it was lovely to be there, and it was it was really nice to be there um, and and be on the um, independent author panel, which I am told by somebody that it was the best panel that they'd seen in throughout the whole festival. I think it was quite lively because um, you know for independent authors it's difficult to keep them quiet. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. And wasn't that the panel you were? supposed to be on in 2020 but then they cancelled. it was yeah yes but then it was cancelled because of because of covid mm. um and the world shut down and we did nothing yeah and uh, except get fat yeah <laughs> that's true that's true indeed and i think it's a it's i would say it's a plus for the organizers that they did organize mm. it when crime fest came back Yeah, it, I mean, it was it was lovely to um, to be back. It was lovely to be back in in Bristol, um, and it, it it feels a bit like coming home because obviously it's the oh, was that the third or the fourth time I'd been? I can't re I can't remember. But it was it was lovely to uh, to see everybody yeah. and to see you guys again and um, and just sort of catch up. And it's becoming it's beginning to feel like going going back to school almost, <laughs> um, or going or going on holiday with old school friends because you see people that yeah. you haven't seen for ages, you haven't seen since last year. Yeah, maybe a bit like a reunion. Mm. A reunion, yes, exactly, a school reunion. Yeah, I've never done one of those. Have you? Mm, once, yeah, once, yeah. Yeah. yeah, was it any good? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's a bit fun that you without. mostly talk about old times and what yeah. happened in between. That's mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's the there's nothing else that you've got in common anymore, is there? Exactly. Anymore. Yeah, and the mean girls are still mean. True. Yeah. And the morons are still morons. <laughs> Why has it changed? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nothing changes. You <laughs> I mean, might get older and it look a bit different, but. Well, yeah. older and plus a change, plus a mem shows. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And Cassie, something else, since we introduced you as Cassie, aka Caroline, mm -hmm. something else happened. You are a first time cat servant. Not a first time uh, cat servant, but time. I, I'm, and, and, and here she comes. She <laughs> is <laughs> prowling into the room. But no, I've been, I've been a cat slave before. Uh -huh. Yeah, it um, comes through in the book. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> very authentic see, writing see, about the see, cat. That's why I asked if she's a first time cat servant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I've been a cat slave before, uh, but I haven't had a cat for some considerable time. Mm. And I, I was, I've, been looking around for a little a little while and and there she was um i looked at one of the kittens first but then evie is she's now 10 months old hmm. um she was born wild last november um unfortunately she's already had her own lifter of kittens hmm. um so she was rescued with another another one maybe two other female cats and a whole host of kittens and blue cross just put them all in the same Uh, unit together because they couldn't tell which mother went with mm -hmm. which kitten mm. and they thought it alternated anyway so yes we've been together four weeks now mm. yes starting. so i know my place <laughs> you're starting <laughs> out together <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah she will teach you no worries you it will all oh, yeah, come back yeah, to you yeah. <laughs> Because she said it, and I said that because in your cozy crime fiction, mm -hmm. a cat features very prominently, and that gave yes. us the idea that you know a little bit about cats. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been I've been owned by cats before, yeah. um, but um, I've never had a Siamese in in the um, 
in the Cassie Rush books, the um, the cat is a Siamese. I've never had a Siamese before, and I understand that they're quite noisy, they're quite quite vocal. But they are very um, talkative. Possibly. Yes, yeah. yes, and and that's what I've tried to make Thalia be, which is you know bossy. And, and of course, Thalia being the name of the muse of comedy, uh, Thalia in the books is quite grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody's picked up on that so far. No, she 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 uh, seems grumpy on the covers, mm. but in the books, not so much. I mean, our no. our CEO, he is half Siamese, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. His character is completely one hundred percent. It is right. Okay. In the beginning, <laughs> she always said, that cat's crazy. It's completely crazy mm-hmm. the way we did. Yeah, then we looked it up, up on the internet. It's not crazy. It's a Yumi's. Mm-hmm. So it's just how they, be- how they a behave. A bit different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. A bit different. Yeah. But lovely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, Mine's like, like me, you know, 57 varieties of every single nationality country that's ever invaded <laughs> this tiny little island that I live on. Perfect. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, the cats are moggy and I'm a moggy too. <laughs> Perfect mixture. Yeah, definitely. Couldn't be better. So be better. your cozy crime, raising mm. the roof is the first one. Literary yes. murder is the second one. And coming out very soon is on the stroke of death. So yes. we have read book number one, mm-hmm. and it was a fantastic read teacup, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. thank you. Was yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I wondered about, because I've never heard about it, a part-time vicar. But in the back, oh. I read, you talked to someone who was a part-time vicar. One of my friends um, has recently retired from nursing, and she is still a part-time vicar. Now, what I've made it appear in the books is that that role is paid. But, of course, it's it's, it's not. In reality, uh, my friend Judy, um, her role as part-time vicar, it's not paid. But, you know, it's it's a, a role she, you know, I've been, I'm not a particularly religious person myself, but I've been to see her give services. And she she's, she's an amazing person. And she is also now, obviously, my technical advisor, so that I don't get too many things wrong and i also now have a book of common prayer and i have um the right <laughs> version of the bible so that i can look up references um and um and try and pretend i know what i'm talking about <laughs> it was a, it was a completely new concept yeah. because you can't be a part-time priest i suppose when I you are so. a roman catholic no because it's more i think i think it's because it's a vocation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And it, it does take over over your whole life. Whereas my friend has been nursing. Her husband has recently retired from being a, a ranger. So his role was, I don't think he was a park ranger, but he his role was... Um, you know, working for the council um, and sort of taking care of the environment and different areas of outstanding national, national, natural beauty, mm-hmm. easy for you to say. And so he would be doing bird counts and mm-hmm. making sure that habitats were mm-hmm. uh, were right. So that is something that's going to come into the fourth novel, mm-hmm. which I'm writing at the moment. And the working title for that is Baked Fate. Mm-hmm. So it was sort of like East World Bake Off. Mm. And where did you? I mean, you said you just said it's your friend was inspiring mm-hmm. you, but anything or, or everything else about your character, Alina Maricot, where did that come from? The name came to me as I was walking down the stairs one day, and I don't know where I've picked it up from at all. The idea was that I wanted someone that everyone would be comfortable talking to Mm -hmm. because that seems to be one of the features of Cozy Mysteries, you know, Miss Marple, Mm -hmm. um, Hercule Poirot, uh, Lord Peter Whimsey, all of those sort of like, you know, golden age Cozy Mystery writers, you know, even, oh, Jessica Fletcher. So I was I was Mm -hmm. thinking Cabot Cove, Cabot Cove, but (laughs) who's the person? Yeah, Because you, you want someone that people will talk to. 
Mm-hmm. As, as an amateur sleuth, you can't go in and just ask questions and expect an answer. It's got to be part of a, a normal, natural conversation. And I thought, well, people will talk to the vicar, but the vicar may not get around much, but they'll also talk to a district nurse. Mm-hmm. So that that's how I combined the, the jobs. And then I suddenly realized, of course, Judy. <laughs> she does both jobs. She works uh, for a GP, or she worked for a GP surgery. She works as a as a part time vicar. I'll talk to her about the idea, and she just said, "Yes, do it. Sounds brilliant." Um, and it's it's been well received. People have enjoyed have enjoyed it. I think they like the light heartedness of it. Yep. I yep. certainly love writing that because, as we are sort of, you know. The world is not a very nice place at the moment. We're all sort of um, struck down with with COVID. You know, it's it's still out there as as we were chatting earlier. You know, yeah. even I've uh, I've come down with it. So it's it's nice to write something that is it's about murder. There's a mystery, but the the feature of cozy mysteries is that it's it's never bloody. It's never unpleasant, yeah. and the uh, the whole theme, the whole idea of it is more about you setting the puzzle and the readers trying to resolve it. And it's much more that kind of competition between the the writer and the the reader. You know, let me lead you down this little garden path. (laughs) (laughs) Where you might find body. I think is that in these cozy mysteries, it's it's not brutally anything, but sometimes more bodies drop than in a... (laughs) darker crime story <laughs> why is that do you think i i i honestly i don't i don't know it has to be said in my debut novel i did manage to kill seven people and when i mentioned that to um anthony horovitz who i'd met at a, at a, a dinner just as i was about to publish it even he was impressed that i'd killed seven <laughs> people and what he was telling me was when he did the midsummer murders mm-hmm. he would try and kill somebody just before the end the um the commercial break <laughs> and he would try and get a get a get a body in 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 there so yeah we had we had quite a giggle about that <laughs> I, I can remember i don't know what the name was but we've seen one episode mm-hmm. with some murders at one point and you're right after a year before or after every uh at break there was a, a body mm-hmm. they added up quite a lot yes <laughs> And so again, you know, it's supposed to be a very gentle crime series, but there were bodies dropping like flies. Yeah. And Midsummer, those villages do exist. They they are a part, and I think it's in the Cotswolds. Bearing in mind that you've got the Midsummer murders going on in the Cotswolds, you've then got Agatha Raisin going mm-hmm. on in the Cotswolds. I, it, it's beginning to be a very, very dangerous part of the UK to live in. Very dangerous, yes. although it's very pretty. You're, you're much safe in London. Do do there still people I think so. live there? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, you can't go there without tripping over a body of some sort. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's mm-hmm. far more dangerous than, let's say, London. Far more dangerous than than walking around, you know, London in in the dark. And and there are still some quite dodgy parts of London. Yeah. But I'm not a Londoner, so I'm not going to mention any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but there are places I wouldn't go. <laughs> yeah. Well, better not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also your village. I mean, it's big, picturesque. Mm-hmm. It's it seems nice and it's beautiful. Yeah, the, you set the stage perfectly, and then it happens. And also on, on the outside, <laughs> yeah, everyone look, seems very nice. But if you dig a bit deeper, yeah. yeah. But it, I think that's kind of English a... village life. I mean, I've called it Eastwold because I like to move streets around. So Mill Lane, where Alina's cottage is, there is no lighthouse cottage. In fact, Mill Lane's nowhere near uh, the lighthouse. But it's based on a beautiful little um, Suffolk town called Southwold. And when I start doing the um, uh, the paperbacks, I've been I've been to Southwold several times, and I've got some photographs that I've taken of the church, and I'll be putting. Uh, you know, line drawings of the church between the chapter heading and mm-hmm. the start. So that that church actually exists, and I've taken those photos myself. But it's, you know, it's a lovely place. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
and and it and it is very picturesque. But even there, you know, my my friend has joined me into the uh, the Facebook group. So even there, there are undercurrents. And I don't know how many there are going to be in this series because I didn't know whether to end it at a certain point or whether to uh, mm-hmm. to carry on. So my 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 writing coach has told me to get the cover for the fourth one, put it up for pre-order and see how popular the series continues to be. And that'll give me an idea of, of whether to continue it or move to my new series. Oh. And you also said, I mean, it's the it's the village life and so on. And mm-hmm. Alina, she's the vicar and she's a nurse. And people talk to a vicar or a nurse, but she's a newcomer. Mm-hmm. So would it be easier for a vicar and a nurse that people talk to her, although she's a newcomer, compared to, to, compared to yeah. someone else? Do they? I mean, do they have to talk to her? I mean, if you're a nurse, okay, yeah, you have to, to tell. People have to tell you what ails you and so on. But do you really have to talk to the vicar all the time? I don't know. But it helps. I mean, within Southwold, the church is still very well attended. Mm. And so people, you know, people do know the vicar. They know they know the bishop as well. So in Southwold, I know that the, the church is still quite, you know, it's part of of village life mm-hmm. and it is although it's it's set in modern times it does hark back to an earlier and a, a more genteel gentle and genteel mm-hmm. aspect of, mm-hmm. of village life where the church would be quite central mm-hmm. but I, I just wanted someone that people would talk to mm-hmm. um and that wouldn't they wouldn't feel threatened mm-hmm. um by talking yeah. to as well yeah. whereas you know sometimes i think doctors are very very busy so they haven't got time yeah. for people so it would be more difficult to talk to the doctor although you know i've, I've got dr miriam mccarthy it is getting quite busy at this <laughs> surgery so i may need a new doctor quite soon but that doesn't necessarily have to be a nice person it yeah. could be somebody that yeah. um you know it could be sort of like a a Dr. Shipman. True, true. <laughs> and I think that a vicar and those are nurse uh, people you you're expected to to trust. So that's a, yes. a positive. And I think you she gets to see different sides of people mm-hmm. as a vicar and as a nurse. It gets yeah, because she's a district nurse and her job is to go and see people within her within their homes. And this is something that um, that Judy explained to me was that there would have to be a huge element of trust between the surgery, the church. And the clients, so that when she goes in as the nurse, she's there, she's doing her her nursing duties, which is, you know, a district nurse will come and visit you when you've, um, you know, when you've got an injury or something and, and you need you need dressing or you need, um, you know, you need blood tests taken or something like that. But as a nurse, she has to be very professional and she's mm-hmm. not allowed to bring God into the, uh, into the yep. situation. When she's the vicar, she tries to keep being the vicar and not bringing her nursing side of things into it mm-hmm. but as a as as a nurse as a doctor you're always going to get yeah i've got this bit of a rash on my arm do you want to have a look at it so that's always going to be an issue for her although i haven't brought that in too much yeah. and obviously there's a there's a whole sort of care in the community so there's there's kriya andara who's um the social worker she's been sort of a background character in books one and two but she'll come out into the four more in books three and in 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 book four so we'll actually sort of meet uh meet Kriya um mm-hmm. learn a bit more about her and her background and and where she fits into into village life so mm-hmm. we at least know that she survives yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> at least until book four who she knows what, the what then happens <laughs> I haven't written book four yet. So. Okay, maybe, maybe something happens. Mm, but maybe. <laughs> are you are you going to establish a sort of cast around our vicar? Yeah, I th- I think. Um, and again, that's a, a feature of of cozy mysteries that you've got your your central character, and they have a group around them who are sidekicks, confidants, close friends, etc. And then you have the wider cast who are all the, um, you know, potential victims, potential murderers, <laughs> etc. Um, you know, it's, it's English village life. People will drop dead at the drop of a hat. So you've, you've got those. Um, you know, Fitz, no, Major Fitzgerald, he's got a bit of a dodgy past, which we don't learn about in either book 
one or book two, but more comes out later. But he is, he, he was her first friend when she came to the village. He's a major confidant. He's also quite romantically interested in Alina. And, you know, it's a case of, you know, are those feelings returned or not? Mm-hmm. But also uh, the DI is very interesting to her, isn't he? <gasps> Oh, he's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> so I guess he, he's going to return, I suppose. Oh, yes. He uh-huh. he, he is going to be uh, a feature. And we learn more about uh, Richard Laidlaw as, oh. as book three goes on. Uh-huh. We learn more about um, Alina's past and her her missing husband who's been um, mm-hmm. declared dead so we learn more um, about about that aspect mm-hmm. of her life and then it, it sort of like has an impact on mm-hmm. the on the characters and and on on the future mm-hmm. uh, relationships of some of the characters do you also reveal how Fitz is able to acquire All the information he does? Oh, I know exactly how Fitz acquires the information he does. Are you going to I know it? exactly what he used to do. <laughs> And I'll be drip feeding that as, ah. um, as, as, as we go through. He's, um, he's had access to um, very secret information in the past. And that's how he knows what he knows. See? See? And he's still got, uh, yeah, he's still he's still got access to uh, to information. Oh, he <laughs> reminds me a bit of the secretary in Donna Leon's Brunetti books. Ah, yeah. She yeah. always acquires information. Nobody, Nobody knows mm-hmm. how, but she does. Yeah, but she does. Right. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And you said interesting. Yes, sorry. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, interesting. I, I'm a, I was teaching. Um, I teach creative writing on a Saturday morning. I was talking to a couple of students. Um, and in Felixstowe, which is the town I was in, there is a book festival every year. And one of the um, one of the presenters this year was a lady called Stella Rimington. Now she was the head of I think MO5 or was it MO6? I can't know. She, she was Britain's top spy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> obviously now retired. And my friend or my yeah my was student now friend was saying that it was very very difficult to get information out of her and i was saying well you know she used to be a spy she's not going to be the sort of person that gives an awful lot of information away and also you know a woman in a male-dominated environment like secret service um i think it would have been i think it would have been quite difficult to be yourself in such an environment yeah, yeah probably yeah true mm. probably she's still not allowed to talk about a lot oh. of things yeah i mean i can't remember the the writer's name but there was a book that came out several years ago called spy catcher there was some furore about it because potentially the writer the author was giving away information that mm. shouldn't have been in the public domain i can't remember what happened i mean it was It was quite some time ago yeah. that the book came out. But yeah, it's... Um, I mean, isn't it also, or hasn't that been uh, the case with the, the women who worked at Bletchley Park? Mm-hmm. I mean, they couldn't talk mm-hmm. about that for decades. Yeah. Decades, absolutely yeah. decades. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah that was that was an interesting place to yeah. go to. Because yeah. they've set it up and all, all of the little huts and everything are set up as if the people have just gone for lunch. Yeah. So handbags and cardigans are, are just sort of hanging on the on the on the backs of chairs. You know, Air Force jackets mm-hmm. are sitting on the backs of chairs and everything. And it, it does it. And, and some of the desks, it um, it sort of says back in five minutes or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's unbelievable how that works. I mean, we can only imagine. Mm. Before before we started our recording, you said you suspected. Cassie Rush is more successful than Caroline Goldsworthy. Why is that? Do you suppose? <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm just looking at the royalties, um, so I can see the uh, you know as Caroline Goldsworthy, I have four books out. As Cassie Rush, I have two books out. Most of my royalties are coming from the uh, from the Cozy Mysteries. So I will be writing more as Caroline Goldsworthy. I've, I've got a follow-up to not a the love trap was a, a standalone, but mm-hmm. I will be writing another domestic thriller in the next year or so. I've got for Nano Rimo. I'll be running a course prior to Nano Rimo to help people prepare for it because mm-hmm. I think you know Nano Rimo writing nearly two thousand words every day is quite a challenge for for people. So I'll be running a um, 
of course, teaching people how to plan, how to prepare for that. I'll be running a, a course helping people to plan and prepare for that. But as part of that, I'm planning on writing a World War II thriller, a spy thriller, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm very excited about. And Hence why I've been going to places like Bletchley Park and the Science Museum and reading an awful lot about the women of the Special Operations Executive. Yeah. Uh, so that's so, absolutely, that would absolutely be the book for me. <laughs> I'd better get it written then, yes, hadn't I, yes, no, you, have to, you have to. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, you know, I've, I've done NaNoWriMo a few times. Um, I've never managed the 50,000 words myself, but this book... I've spent an awful lot more time, you know, I spent the last couple of years planning it, outlining it, getting to know my characters and actually, you know, working out what the inciting incident is, what pushes her from her normal life of, of being the uh, Lady Clarissa Byrne is her name. And, um, and she refuses to come back home to Tattingstone Hall where her parents live. She refuses to come back from London. And it's, you know, London during the Blitz. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I was a good girl and I spent a lot of time listening to my grandmother talking about London during the Blitz. So oh. <laughs> got some of that, some little memories of, of those. And and then, you know, she comes back to her flat one day to find that her flatmate is dead. Hmm. And, um, and then she learns an awful lot more about her flatmate's life. Etc. And that's what pushes her over o- over the edge from being, you know, a happy little office clerk to thinking, well, maybe I can disguise myself. Maybe I can do more for the war effort. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's just, there were lots of things going on during the Blitz that I think are coming out now, or obviously seventy odd years later. So um, it's you know, it's going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy writing it. Escapism. Yeah, absolutely. Do you mean when you just said there's a lot of things coming out that were going on during the Blitz? Do you also mean things like crime that has been going on and which has yeah. been disguised because of disguised. the bombings? I mean, yeah. or, or not just disguised, but could have been hidden. Yeah, cover it up. I, th- I mean, I'm, I've, I found out about a serial killer that were, who was operating during the Blitz, hmm. um, and that person will be making an appearance. So he, hmm. he I suppose it's a he got away. Um, haven't quite worked okay. out that yet. Okay. People were basically staying alive, so probably yeah. there wasn't enough time mm. or resources to, oh. yeah, police yeah. anything. Yeah. Mm, well, yeah. I mean, it, it was all about survival, wasn't yeah. it? You know, there were. Jolly big bombs coming across. And as my grandmother said, you know, while you could still hear it, it was fine. It was when it went quiet. Yeah. Okay. And that was the scariest part of all is when, when the uh when the, the V two bombs went went quiet because that's when they were about to, to land. So hmm. I was a good girl and I listened to my granny. <laughs> Good for and, you. Um, uh, yes, and I shall be dedicating the book to my granny. Ah, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Years, let's say decades ago, I was at, uh, I think it was the War Museum. Oh. And back then you could enter okay, a room where they more or less simulated um, what people experienced in bomb shelters or so on. Oh, really? I think oh, it that was, would be you amazing. had noise and it was a bit shaking mm. as far as I remember. Yeah. It makes you, it's, I mean, it's that would, just... That would be amazing. Remake, but thinking about it, you start thinking it was scary. It was terrifying. Yeah. It must have been absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um, and people just got on with their lives. Yeah. I mean, they had to. Otherwise, yeah. they, you you wouldn't be able to manage these situations if you just, mm. didn't just get on with yeah, life. Yeah, of course, life had to go on, not just mm. in, in the city, but also in the country. That's what I uh, like about Foyle's War. Mm. I mean, back to Anthony Horowitz. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's, a, it's I think it's a great series because you have the detective who doesn't mm-hmm. want to be a detective at the moment. He wants to go to war, but they convince him there's still so much going on. Like you said, there's so mm. much going on still. Yeah. We have a war going on. Mm-hmm. Yes. But for other people, life yeah. also goes yeah. on and also I'm, crime. I'm watching them over and over again because. For me, the way they're showing Hastings um, during the Second World War and the clothes and the mannerisms yeah. and, you know, the cars, all, all of all of those things are atmosphere that you can yeah. bring mm-hmm. into into a novel and yeah. will, you know, make yeah. the novel more realistic. Yeah. 
But yes, a beautifully, beautifully written series. Yeah. And obviously written by Anthony Horowitz. Oh, it was yeah. it was his creation. Yeah. Gosh, he's so successful. Yeah. <laughs> it's really frustrating. He's such a nice man as well. Yeah. <laughs> he seems nice, yeah. He, he is. Can, he can't lives, really like him. Um he he lives in Suffolk and probably about sort of 10, 20 miles from from where where I live. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know where, I know which village he lives mm-hmm. in. Um mm-hmm. so yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, thoroughly nice man. Met yeah. him a few times now. <laughs> Would you also say that when you write um, historic crime fiction, because you've already written one, which mm. takes place even earlier? Oh uh, yeah, world building in a, because that's what you do as mm. a, as a historic writer. You do world yeah. building. Let's let's yes. be honest here. It's even harder than writing crime fiction that is contemporary. Mm-hmm. After I wrote the Anglo-Saxon murder mystery, I was very happy to get back to <laughs> mobile phones, CCTV, <laughs> automatic number plate recognition, <laughs> all of those things. And that, I mean, I, I I have toyed with the idea of a second one, and I've even got an idea for the starting scene. There's certainly enough. There was certainly enough going on politically for it may for it to be possible to write another one. But it took me a year to write with all of the research and everything. Yeah. So, you know, historical mysteries are more are more difficult because there is there is so much more going on. That said, I am now just outlining a 1920s cozy mystery series. Ooh. And so that another has been that has been wonderful. It's Oh, it's just lovely. You know, the clothes, the cars, the drinks, the matinee idols. I'd forgotten about cigarette holders. <laughs> How could you forget about yeah. cigarette holders? <laughs> so I'm doing lots of research. You know, I, I, I know who my character is. I know mm-hmm. what the uh, what the first crime is. I'm, I'm thinking probably six books in that series. So I've got lots of different ideas for what happens in each of those books. But it's it's that getting that atmosphere right, the language of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. um so I'm that's why I'm reading lots of Agatha Christie and Dorothy oh. L says. And another writer called uh Patricia Wentworth. I'm reading her mm-hmm. stuff. Because it was written in the twenties. Mm-hmm. So it was contemporary in the nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. Is that which scare Eerily is a hundred years ago. Is that your Kim David series or is this another one? Right. You just mentioned it in the book at the end. So so Kim has been, she is on the list. She is on the plan. She is on the plan. She's, but she's here. Okay. (laughs) This is the plan. Um, So I bought three pre-made covers from the lady who's designed all of the Raising the Roof, um, the Eastworld covers. So I bought three pre-mades and I did start writing that series, but I was pantsing it. I hadn't planned it out or anything like that. So I didn't really know where I was going, but I am going to be still working on it. And the, um, and the, and the animal in that is going to be a Rottweiler puppy. (laughs) I've never had a Rottweiler. I have had several puppies, but I've never had a Rottweiler. I'm following, I'm following um, a Facebook group on sorry i'm following a rottweiler group on facebook and rottweiler puppies are an awful lot bigger than i'd anticipated <laughs> <laughs> so some of the features I, i'm going i'm going to i'm going to struggle uh with because obviously my my doberman puppy when i first got her she was 12 weeks and she weighed 13 kilos mm. and i'm now getting the impression that a Rottweiler puppy at that sort of age will be weighing a little bit more. Not too easy so, to around. Mm. No, no, he's not something that you're going to put in a tote bag and sling <laughs> over your shoulder. Nope. <laughs> no. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I'm 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 still working on on that. She has started life off as a wedding planner, and she is working with an old school frenemy um, who is the bride. And so there's there's all of that stuff going on. But I'm afraid Kim has been put on the back ah, burner a okay. little bit. But she'll probably make an appearance in 2024, which scarily will come around a lot more quickly than any of us appreciate. Yes. Yes, probably. And you, you also have me for the 1920s, you know, not just World War II. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it just, you know, bearing in mind that, you know, Europe has just recovered from 
a war. In America, you've got prohibition starting because a lot yeah. of the 1920s cozies are set in 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 america so you've got prohibition at least in 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 britain you're still allowed to drink Mm -hmm. so that's coming out quite a lot in the cozies that i'm reading at the moment and obviously Mm -hmm. i'm reading them religiously because it's it's part of my research that and i love them (laughs) so you know if if you're going to be a writer why not write what you absolutely love yeah you know they say write what you know but actually i think write what you love because it makes you so much more enthusiastic yeah. Yeah, that, about that, what you're doing. That's true. And also, I mean, write what you know. I mean, it's it's if not a, it's lot, not, yeah, it's, it's it. not a bad advice. But what do you know about Klingons? Well, you see, I always think it's write what you know and research what you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, again, a conversation we the we were having this morning is how amazing is the human imagination. Yes, because Klingons. Where did they come from? Yeah, <laughs> you know, who, who thought of those? Who thought of them? Or the or the Ferengi, or yeah. um, or the Borg? Exactly. But they're fun. You know, yeah, yeah, to play around with. Yeah, but that's you know that's that's what what it's what it's all about. I mean, I, I've set my guys the homework of writing a feel good story today, and one of them sat there. I thought when we started off, I hadn't got a clue what I was going to do. But of course, two hours later, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about it. And we've had bats, lots of ideas around, and she's going scribble, 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 <laughs> because she's bursting with ideas. Yeah, but that's you know that's that's kind of what it's all about and you know write what you know is it bad advice and i i think well what do you know about what do we as people know about and we know about human relationships mm-hmm. and all stories are about yeah. human relationships yeah. and then you bring in that conflict you know indiv- individuals against each other of individuals against society against nature mm-hmm. against fate against the gods Yeah. against technology maybe it's a better advice than the, to say uh, write about what you know and also combine it with things you can imagine yeah but yeah. yeah if you research something you know about i mean mm. the concept of yeah. learning is just re- kind of researching it's just research isn't it yeah and regarding research do you think there's a difference Difference in what you can get away with between cozy and the rest of the crime, or do you have the research the same way and be of thank the same way? Or? I I will be quite honest, and my editor has written on a couple of pages with the cozy crime. I'm going to let you get away with this because it is cozy. <laughs> if it was a proper crime novel, or if it was a strict crime novel, if it was one of your police procedures, I would not let you get away with this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the, you know my my character Alina has a lot more leeway mm-hmm. in the way that she talks to the detective in the way that she can get information out of um, other people mm-hmm. and then relay that to the detective mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. she chooses. If it was a police procedure, you wouldn't be able to get away because, with that because police because, yeah, but because police officers have a have a rule of conduct i mean a code of conduct yeah. sorry yeah 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 they do yeah um you know they they have codes and rules that they have to work by and you know the lovely thing when you 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 look at um old um old mysteries is um you know, the way that po- the police are, are spoken to oh no i'm not going to talk to you yeah <laughs> lord heathcock will say ah, Get out! I'm not going to talk to you. I'm not going to mean myself to talk to you. And you know, these days, you you yeah. you wouldn't be able to dismiss talking to a detective. You would be arrested, yeah. and you would be interviewed under caution. Yeah, you saw the stark difference between the different times in life on Mars. Mm. The way they did it, no, the way nowadays and back in the seventies, completely oh, different oh, concept grief. of policing. Oh seems. yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. So you have to get I'm, away with some things and, in the and, 70s. And, and to be honest, you know, the, people look back at the 70s and um, and sort of revere the 70s. But it, I, I lived through the 70s. There is no way I'm going to do that fashion again. <laughs> I, I, I had to live through that. I had to live through orange and black, brown, flowery curtains. <laughs> I remember my mother painting the ceiling in our tiny two-up, two-down Victorian cottage, Victorian terraced workman's cottage. And she painted the ceiling a colour called Sienna, which is a dark orange. And the reason she painted it 
was obviously it was the 70s but because my father smoked so heavily if you painted anything white um it, it was it was instantly it was yellow within yeah. within sort of two or three weeks anyway so why why not just sort of like jump the gun and go straight for orange <laughs> but it was hideous <laughs> and there's a photo of my sister and myself in black no brown trousers i was allowed platform shoes we had bright yellow yeah bright yellow nylon shirts on and um and and vest tops mm -hmm. um tank tops that were brown and yellow and i i don't know if i've got that photo somewhere or if my sister has got that photo so yeah yeah it's, it's the, the 70s were a special time <laughs> But also the 80s, they were a bit oh. different regarding the uh, style of clothes. Oh, yeah. and, but the music. And, yeah, the music's oh. great, but also in the mm -hmm. 70s. But mm -hmm. uh, so I think years ago, I saw people, because neon colors became uh, fashionable mm. again, mm. and they only thought they didn't look good the first time around. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> they, they still don't look good no, now. No. So... Am I am I right to uh, assume that the 70s will never feature as historic fiction in your books <laughs> as a time period? I don't period? think so. I don't have good memories of the of the 70s, okay. you know. I things like the uh the three day working week, you know, losing power yeah. constantly. Mm -hmm. We yeah. we were quite lucky. We lived near the hospital, so we didn't lose power as frequently as yeah. other people. Yeah. Rubbish piled high in the streets. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, re I remember the political campaigns. Yeah. Labour isn't working. Yeah. And the long line of people who were, were unemployed. So, you know, I, I, I lived through that. I was... I was 10 in 1973, so most of the 70s I was a, I was a teenager and becoming yeah. more politically aware. Yeah. So it, I, d I don't have good memories of mm -hmm. the 70s. I don't think it was I don't think it was a, a good time. And I know lots of people sort of look back and see it mm -hmm. with rose tinted spectacles, mm -hmm. yeah. but I'm afraid I don't. Yeah, and you said that the 20s. I mean, the golden age. Yeah, of, mm, of, 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 I don't think it was called the golden age at the time, though, was it? No, it wasn't. Probably it is there. now. But do you think that because it was a time of change, we are so pulled into those stories? I think it was because it was a time of unbridled gaiety, enjoyment, mm -hmm. just the relief of, you know, the, the war to end all wars, mm -hmm. the First World War. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so it was at the time it was called the War to End All Wars, the Great War. Then there was um, Spanish flu. So, you know, swathes of people, communities were wiped out. You know, mm. lots of young men mm. were lost. There were more more spinsters from that time just due to the, the numbers of young men that were lost. And I think the Roaring Twenties was a backlash against mm. that mm. unpleasantness, that austerity. And it was sort of, you know, live life to the full. Yeah, but wasn't the the Roaring Twenties and all the the parties and so only happening in the big cities? I think real life was completely yeah. different. I I don't. Yeah, I I'm, I must admit I would probably need to read a bit more about rural life because I'm planning on setting some of it in sort of country estates. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they would be, um, you know, in, in North Yorkshire and Derbyshire, etc. And I read something the other day, which I hadn't realised that the bright young things were only in London. Mm -hmm. They weren't. They weren't in New York. They weren't in in other other big cities. I mean, people have told me to watch the uh, the Miss Fisher mm -hmm. mysteries, mm -hmm. which are great, but they're set in in Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. So you know, different fashion, different drinks, different cars, different mannerisms, different language. Mm -hmm. So you know, and and um, one one of the authors I I, I follow, um, a lady called Colette Clark. She sets her uh, cozy mysteries in New York, as she said, she um she once had a layover at um, Heathrow Airport, and she didn't feel that that gave her enough insight into the British way of life to write a British cozy mystery. So she set it in New York instead, because she knows about New York. Imagine, write what you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Imagine that you don't get enough but, insight just on a on a layover. No, no. Um, and what she said was, you know, about the Britishisms and the British way of life, etc. And she said that. Yeah, you know, readers of cozy mystery, readers of mm. um, of historical mysteries are quite severe, um, and mm. and they want 
facts as as realistic as you as you can make them. So yeah. it's it's going to be a challenge. Yeah. It's the 1920s. <laughs> I, I like to mention the, the bit you wrote about the British English at the back um. of the book. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I read I read a lot of American books and there's there's one phrase and I get a little tick under my eye and it's when they say the dress fit perfectly. No, it didn't. The dress fitted perfectly. Mm -hmm. And they'll use that for, for present and for past tense. The dress fits perfectly. The dress mm -hmm. fitted perfectly. But on, on the other way around, and I, I've, I've had criticism in some of my, uh, my reviews about my English, about my grammar, etc. Because an American reviewer is seeing the way I speak English as a mistake because <laughs> yes. it's not American sort of. English. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, Which is yeah. why I sometimes post images of Her Majesty the Queen. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> there's no such thing as American English. There's English and there's mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, it's, this difference is between British English, American English, Australian English. I mean, um, even we know that and we don't speak English as I mean, a first language. We might get confused before. Yeah. Yes, we get. Yeah, of course, because it's not our first language. Because if But you really you go to realize time, that, I mean, really you realize that that there is a difference. Yeah. I mean, you you just have to to watch a show, different shows from the United States and, mm. and Great Britain. That the moment you turn on the TV, you realize there is a difference yeah. in the way people talk, in how mm. the accent sounds, and of course in the writing. If you're not completely, I mean. Yeah, and it's it's also very interesting if you're watching athletes uh, before world, uh, the world world cup and when they interview them, people from different English speaking countries, mm. they all sound completely different, but they all speak yep. English and they're speaking correct English in their way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But there are there's a there's a certain category of American writer, oh, sorry, American reader mm. who thinks that is how English is, mm. and it's you know. Any anything else that doesn't align with their understanding of English yeah. is is a mistake, and you know I'm, I'm, I make the joke about my facial tick when the dress fit, <laughs> but because I read you know I read widely I, I read I read things in translation and you know you know that there are different varieties and different forms of English, but I'm told that there you know in, in America there are some people who think that that is that is how English is spoken. Yeah. American English is 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 it? Mm, yeah, said um, enough. Yes, true. Mm -hmm. May I ask you a question about Gordian not publishing? Uh, you may. Uh, is that is that <laughs> something you um you found it for your books to bring them out? Yeah, it it's something I I I because I needed to buy um international is it ISBN yeah yep. international yep. serial yep. book numbers um and I had to buy them from Nielsen I did it under a company name rather than an individual name mm -hmm. and I think it's because Nielsen prefer it to be a company mm -hmm. so I I bought initially I bought 10 but then I bought a hundred because I got a bonus from um, British Telecom and so I bought a, I bought a hundred ISBN numbers and so there is a possibility that in the future Gordian not could become a small publishing house mm -hmm. but it's not something that I have the bandwidth to do personally mm -hmm. at the moment I would need to have a team of people and as you can see from my background there's not enough space to fit a team of people <laughs> in here yet yeah so it's just for your books to get them it out is and... it is just for my books mm -hmm. but obviously at the moment it looks like Gordian Knott has two mm -hmm. authors mm-hmm Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, Cassie Rush Already, writes an awful see? lot better than Caroline Goldsworthy does. <laughs> I hope you never start arguing about it. <laughs> Would be interesting. Hey, I, 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 was, I was on Felix Stowe Radio one evening and talking and being Cassie Rush talking about the books. And the following day, I had to go to Next to pick up a garment. <laughs> and I'd forgotten who I was. <laughs> I'd actually forgotten who I was. She asked what my name was, and my, uh, my face just went blank, <laughs> and my mind went blank behind the face. Um, uh, hang on, I've got I've got the number. <laughs> and I couldn't remember who I was at all. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm getting on a bit now, so you know, it's becoming a feature. <laughs> 
<laughs> but who am I again? Yeah, well, but it works and for you. And it's also been suggested to me that I relaunch the police procedural with a new pen name, oh. a more androgynous one, like. LJ Ross or JD Robb or something like that. Why, may I ask? Because it would, might make it easier to break into America as a more androgynous name. <laughs> so then I would have three names and I don't, I honestly don't think I could cope. I'm still having that discussion. You'd need something, I don't know, less to be out of here. Who you, am I? <laughs> you have to be, you, so you have to be less female for yeah. a police procedural that is bloody. Slightly bloody to, yeah. to, to break into the American market. Just said. That's that is what my book coaches has, has mm. been suggesting. And I, a friend, a friend of mine used to own a um, a bookshop, the Woodbridge Emporium, and um, and she one summer had a guy come into the shop and say, "I want a book. I don't care what it is. I just don't want anything written by a woman." So she sold him a couple of novels written by J.D. Robb. <laughs> <laughs> That, 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 that left me speechless now because it's yeah. it, because I I think I got I can't remember what who um, JD Rob is but isn't she Natalie Roberts I don't know maybe this is, it's I can't like I can't James, remember P yeah. James I mean but yeah the jokes on her on him on him because I yeah. think I I found over the last decade or two decades that women tend to be even bloodier sometimes it doesn't than matter. real writers. Who, who wrote the book? Oh, as long as I, I mean, some, some Val McDermott books are really quite, they really are yes. quite scary. Yeah, and you don't even need a gun for that. No, no, there's, there's one in particular that I, I remember reading um, and the person was still alive and the killer was painting something using their blood and draining their blood yeah. from them i think that was the Val mcdermott one now i'm nice yeah that just blew my mind now i'm completely I, I, i've lost my train of thought now now that you <laughs> I'm, so, i'm so sorry uh, yeah. i think i might i think i might fight it but i i haven't i haven't really decided but i i need I need new, a new cover for book yeah. three, yeah. Um, and I need something that sort of fits more into the uh, into the genre of police procedurals. Whereas I think the covers for Tangent and the cover for Recompense are great covers, mm -hmm. but they don't quite fit into the mm -hmm. uh, into the genre. Mm -hmm. um, and the designer came up with a cover for the third book, Perdition, and it it just you know it was even more divergent mm -hmm. from from what I wanted. So. Mm -hmm. What I find somehow fascinating is that I thought with so many books sold online that just the name or the book cover isn't that important because yeah. you can read a lot about it uh, with just a mouse click, but it doesn't mm. seem that way. Yeah, but the, I mean, this is this is something that my my book coach has come up with, yeah. and it's a discussion we're we're still to have because obviously I've got the one cozy series, the 1920s cozies, and as you've pointed out, there's the um, the Kim David or as um, Molly, the uh, designer of the covers, called them, Pooch on the Prowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever come across a dog that's less pooch like than a Rottweiler? <laughs> you know, they're big, chunky, soppy dogs. <laughs> And they're heavy. Oh, but they're so sweet. The Rottweilers I've known have been all very lovely. They're, you know, they're just that big, floppy, soppy dog. <laughs> um, they they have a terrible reputation, which is entirely undeserved. At the other end of the of the leash is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it usually is. Yeah. Oh, it's always, always, it's yeah. always the owner, isn't it? It's yeah. never the dog. How yeah. they how they exactly. train them? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Or not. I mean, them. just just a thought. I mean, coming back to the cover problem. I mean. It, it, it does tend to get ridiculous when you think of the American market. Uh, take up, think of, of what Mari, Mari Hanna said oh, yeah. about her, her Kate Daniels mm -hmm. um, books. She, she showed it to us. The covers, the, the usual covers are, are great, I think. Yeah? Mm -hmm. They reflect, like you said, the story, mm -hmm. what, what is going on. And then they published them in the, United, uh, in the United States. Yeah, And what was on the cover was a woman. In a short skirt, high heels, and a weapon in her hand. Mm -hmm. But I think it's it what appeals. I mean, seriously. Yeah, but it what appeals to the American market, and it's it's the same mm. in other countries. The book, I mean, the story is still the same, but the I book know. covers 
are different from country to yeah. country. Yeah. I, yeah. They do it for a reason. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why it has to be that way, but that's the way they sell books. Yeah. Otherwise, people Well, for me at the much. moment, it is, you know, it's one cover per book yep. because I, I can't I can't afford to do different yep. covers for different yep. markets. Yep. But what I do use is um, a company run by a young German chap called Alex Newton. And Alex's company is called Kalytics. Mm -hmm. And what uh, what he does, what he and his now team do, because he's been going quite some time, is that they look at the the Kindle market, but mm -hmm. they 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 focus on on the dot com. Amazon.com mm -hmm. because obviously it's the it's the biggest market in in the world and they mm -hmm. focus on that. So I read his reports religiously for domestic thrillers, police procedurals, cozy mysteries because of the information that he garners within those reports mm -hmm. and the covers and the blurbs and who mm -hmm. were the top writers and so that information I find very very useful. Some people will sort of dismiss it because they you know it's it encourages you to write market, mm -hmm. yeah. but what is the point of writing and then not selling yeah. mm -hmm. you know I, th I think living in, in a and starving in a garret is very 19th century <laughs> I think it went out of fashion at the end of the 1800s <laughs> I don't think it's yeah. you know yeah I mean, I mean obviously with yeah. rising fuel prices and um, yeah. the rising cost of food etc <laughs> we, we might be doing it again yeah. and it yeah. might become fashionable again yeah, yeah. as I'm rather hope not you want to write your stories but you also want to sell them and if you have to tweak yeah. it a bit i guess you would do it yeah mm -hmm. i mean if it's just a cover you can go for it yeah. i suppose yeah I mean, you wouldn't write something completely different and put on a cover nah. you can't stand but no here and there a bit understand that's one of the things that led me down the route of becoming an independent mm -hmm. author rather than rather than than trad was the number of of authors I met in 2018 who were saying, I hate the title. Mm -hmm. I hate how they've changed the story. Mm -hmm. I hate the cover. Mm -hmm. You know, I was hearing those comments from yep. different people. Yeah. But there was that whole lack of control and, and lack mm -hmm. of input. And I was just like, Do you know what? And this isn't this isn't for me because I am a control freak. Yeah, I like yeah. you know, I, I I listen and I pay attention to the market and I pay attention yeah. to the to the, the the publishing business. Yeah, but you know, at the end of the day, yeah. this mm -hmm. is this is my stuff. You know, yeah. I've I've worked a long 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 time in in corporate in the corporate world. So you know, I know about making business decisions, but at the same time, this is. This is my stuff. This is what mm. yeah. I want to do, and I will jolly well going to do it my way. Yeah, I think most people wouldn't like it if someone else would uh, change their creation because mm. it's what you did. And if you decide to change something, that's fine because you decided. Mm -hmm. But if someone else comes along and say, "Okay, we're going to change this and switch that," mm. it wouldn't go down favorably. And I, I've, people. I've heard, I've heard Chad authors who are Chad published heard them say that. That you know their stories have been changed. It's no longer their story. It's what the um, what the editor, what the publishing house wanted, yeah. and that just doesn't it doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah, mm. because it's your your creation, like you said, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I w I want to write stuff that sells, but I do that by writing you know stories that are good. Mm -hmm. Great characters, putting mm -hmm. in the atmosphere, getting professional editors, cover yep. designers, proofreaders yep. on board because it's it you know it is a village. It's not just me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean the the team may not sit around me and they're not directly employed by me, but you know there is a team. There's a, t mm -hmm. a team at work on my books. Yep. I, I don't do it all on my own, yeah. which is why I prefer independent independent author rather than self-published because mm -hmm, yeah. it isn't just myself yeah mm. yeah caroline cassie anything mm -hmm. else you would like our listeners to know we would like to share oh gosh covid is horrible it's not gone away and it takes an awfully long time to get over it mm -hmm. so don't catch it take your injections be good Yes, and keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> Will do. Oh, it's been awful. Yeah, I'm, 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 I am sick of being sick now. Yeah. I really, really am. Can can imagine that and understand mm. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just so tired. Yeah. But I, it was good yesterday. But yesterday was the first time in nearly a month where I managed to get through the whole day with an out needing a little sleep. Yeah, yeah. So we keep 
All fingers crossed. Keep our fingers crossed. For you. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank and you. thank you for having me on the show. And thank again. you for being Next on the show. Next book is out. Uh, in September. I'm planning for September. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got edits to do, okay. um, but I, I print them off and then I, I work on the paper. Mm-hmm. Just a few weeks. Um, About a week or so ago, I couldn't read the edits because mm-hmm. the words were fuzzy. Mm-hmm. But this week, they have been less fuzzy, so I've mm-hmm. been able to start work on those mm-hmm. again. So very soon, on the stroke of death. On the stroke of, of death. death. We will look forward to it, and so will <laughs> hopefully our listeners. So thank you um, for I joining do hope us. So. Thank, thank you. you very much indeed for inviting me. You're most thank welcome. You. you did enjoy this episode as much as we did? Then hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Also, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you like to support us and buy us a coffee, you can do so via Buy Me Coffee and other platforms. You can find all the necessary links in the description. Until next time.